The Bible says, for the man of God should be ready to preach any and every time, in season, out of season, no matter what's going on. It's not easy to get the sermon that you feel that uh, needs to be preached. And this one this morning is no less than three plus weeks I've been working on this, reading and studying and looking up scriptures and because it's important. Our, our nation is on the brink of something. I know that God's in control. I know that God is in charge and he may send Jesus before Tuesday. It would suit me if he did. So this morning, we're going to turn and look at Isaiah chapter 5, verses 20 through 25. Now this is King James Version. But when I finish reading that, I want you to be seated. And I want to share with you what the Amplified Version says concerning the same portion of Scripture. So if you want to see the little, the little difference, if you got your Bible, have your Bible open, okay? Not just to look at the screen, but to leave it open um, when we finish reading. If you um, have it, the Scripture there and you can stand in honor of the reading of God's Holy Word to Isaiah chapter 5, beginning with verse 20. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them who are wise in their own eyes and prudent, that is, cautious in their own sight. Woe unto them who are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mix strong drink, who justly, who justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous for him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their bosom shall go up as dust. Because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them, and hath smitten them, and the hills tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. You may be seated. Lord, help us, Jesus, to know exactly how to do what you've called us to do today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. If you have your Bible still open, the Amplified Version says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent and shrewd and slick in their own sight. Who to those, woe to those who are mighty heroes at drinking wine and men of strength in mixing alcoholic drinks, who justify the acquit the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the innocent and the righteous from him. Therefore, as the tongue of fire devours the stubble and as the dry grass sinks down in the flame, so their roots shall be as rottenness in their bosom shall go up as fine dust because they have rejected and because they have cast away the law 
and the teachings of the Lord of hosts, and have not believed, but have treated scornfully, and have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he has stretched forth his hand against them, and has smitten some of them, and the mountains tremble, and their dead bodies were as dung, and sweeping in the midst of the, and sweeping in the midst of the streets. For all his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out in judgment. God's hand is stretched out in judgment. And he is not joking. He is not playing. He is not kidding. He will not acquit the wicked. The wicked shall suffer. The wicked will suffer. And we need to ask God Almighty to have mercy upon our nation, to have mercy upon us as we cast our votes, that we might do what God would have us to do in the days that we find ourselves in, in the United States of America. You see, our nation is at a moral tipping point, and the elections could prove to be the most pivotal of anything that our United States of America has ever seen or ever experienced. Our nation, uh, we understand and we realize that our nation uh, is in serious trouble. And we need to call on the almighty God. The Bible says to repent of our sins and get back to trusting God with what we have. We may, you might say, well, I don't have anything. I could care less of which way the election goes. That's a problem with America today. Christians who don't care. Now, it's shame. God's going to wear us out if we are a Christian and we say, I don't care how the election goes. We need to care how the election goes. You see, we've turned our backs on God and now we're reaping the harvest in our cities we're reaping the harvest in our government. We're reaping the harvest in our schools. We're reaping it in our courts. I can't imagine this morning how those four families, those families of those, uh, the motorcycle people that own that motorcycle place, have finally know who done the killing. Can you imagine 13 years, am I right? It wasn't 13 years that they have had no clue. And now the man comes forth and no telling how many more bodies is going to be found. And you investigate and stem back all the way to the man's childhood. He was having trouble. And sometimes we overlook it and sometimes we don't do anything about it. And that child moves on forward and becomes a grown adult and then does stuff like this man. He said, well, he won't talk. Yes, he would talk. You don't give him water. You don't give him food. He'll talk sooner or later or die one. The entire fabric of our nation is decaying. I just simply title this today, God's Hand and America. Where is God's hand? We as Christians, we, we, our hope is that we dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of the Almighty. We look for shadows. Especially when the sun's blistering hot, we look for a shadow to get in. But God has said, I, I'm going to keep you under the shadow of my hand. But I wonder sometimes, has he, has he removed his hand all but maybe one finger? Maybe he says one finger on America and all it's going to take is for us to blow it in this election. And he is going to release whatever is coming. The Bible says in Romans 13, verses 3 and 4, that government is ordained by God 
to restrain evil and reward good behavior. That's what the Bible says. But listen, in other words, government should be rewarding those who obey the law and live by good principles. But instead, the government seems to reward those who do evil and punish those of us who are trying to do good. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's, it's a, it is a known fact today that our government is doing nothing to restrain or curb evil behavior in our land. Our jails are packed out. And people are coming up before judges and they, uh, you know, they might get a little sentence. They might have to pay a little fine and they turn them loose. And then our guys have to go back out there and fight again to try to get them under, uh, back in the court system. It is a shame the way that our nation and the way that our, our world and our county and our state, it's a shame the way it's being run. We need Christian people to stand up. We need to stand up and back those Christians who are in office. We need to tell them that we're backing them. We need to let them know. And that's another reason to go um, and to vote. It makes it hard on those people of us who are trying to live biblical, godly lives. Kessie's going to put up Proverbs 29, 10, 11, and 12. I want us to look at that together. Notice what he says. The bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. A fool uttereth all his mind. But a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. If a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. Now listen. When the President of the United States and those that surround him actively adopt and promote iniquity, then that evil becomes habit. And that evil begins to spread through the courts. That evil begins to spread through our schools and through our businesses and into our state and local government, infecting every level of public life. And this is why in the, in the November election, it is so critical that people vote. Uh, I'm not ashamed. I'll, I'll stand right here and tell you that I done went and I voted and I blew my trumpet, if that tells you anything. Our hope needs to remain in the almighty God. And that's where my hope is. Yes, I voted for him. And I pray for him, already praying for him. And I'll pray for him every day that the Holy Spirit of God would get a hold to him or whoever goes into the White House. And he would turn it wrong side out, starting from the top to the bottom, whoever it affects. And that we would stand on the holy word of God. Listen, that's us. That's our only hope. Is standing on the word of God. 1 John 3, 4. Cassie, please. Whosoever committed sin transgresses also, also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. In James 1, 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. 
The drug epidemic that's sweeping into our cities and our communities and robbing our young people of their very life. The breakdown of the family unit. Listen, statistics say that 40.2% of children are born to unwed mothers and no daddy in sight. Why? You try not paying your taxes. They will come and get you and lock you up. But you can be a deadbeat daddy, an AWOL daddy, and you can get by with it just by running. I say they ought to cart them all up and ought to send them to the deepest, darkest part of Africa and dump them out of an airplane and say, hope you make it. I mean, there's no sense, and it's time that daddies come to bat for their children. And you, you think back, a lot of this stuff, um, this terrible incident, stemmed all the way back to this youngin and his daddy, that nothing was done back there. And he proved out what the law told him would happen, that he would kill his daddy. You add to the confusion of gender identity, and then add protection of the homosexual rights at all cost and rebellion against civil authority is nothing less than sin. And you know what the Bible says? That God hates sin. Listen, sin corrupts, period. It corrupts, it rebels, it destroys Sin deceives. And the Bible says, you read it just now, when sin is finished, it brings forth death. And the only cure is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only cure. How many of us, even this week, have tried to share the gospel with anybody? Not even talking about myself. But I bet you there's not one handful in this big crowd right here this morning that has sat down with one lost individual and shared Jesus. We pray more for the sick Christian and the dying Christian than we do for the lost to get saved. You let somebody die and everybody flocks to the house carrying food. What would the lost person do today if the church family got together and said, hey, so-and-so's lost. We're going down there to the house today and we're going to carry food. We're just going to move in and tell them, hey, we, we're here today because we love you and we just want to feed your family. So you crazy? Probably so. You can read in the Old Testament the book of Micah and you can see the tragic outcome of nations that abandon God and refuse to follow him. It's tragic. It's horrible. Also, you can take note of God's um, promises of forgiveness when people repent and turn to him again. Cassie, put up 1 Kings, beginning verse uh, 30 of chapter 16. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. He was the worst king that these people had had lately, okay? And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabah, 
that he took to wife. Look who he married. Jezebel, the daughter of Eliba, king of the Zodians, and went and served Baal, that is the devil, and even worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a, a, a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were ever before him. And, that in, and in, his, in his days did heal the Bethiah, Beal Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, the son of Nun. And Elijah, now this is a man of God that's come on the scene. He is God-ordered, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, it's dry. It is very dry. Our farmers are hurting. They can't get the crops in. That the plant is not producing much. They're selling cattle. Is God speaking through dryness? He could be. Passed through Anderson last evening, two QT stations, bags on the things, Ingalls, bags on the things, no gasoline. And I'm thinking, what what are we gonna do when we can't buy gas? What are we going to do when we can't literally go and buy a bottle of water? You say, I'll draw it out of the well. I think I told you about Cashers. There's a shopping center up there that depends on three drilled wells. And they're going dry. They're hauling water up there just to keep the shopping center going. Whatever it takes, God is going to get our attention, y'all. You say, you mean that Christians are going to suffer too? Hey, the suffer, the Christians suffer with the bad folk. The whole world. God is not playing, I'm telling you. You don't have to send rain. Three and a half years it didn't rain. God let them see what it is not to have water. This morning I went out very early, full, full daylight. I heard something dripping. You know what it was? It was condensation running off the house into the gutter and dripping down the pipe. Just a steady little drip. The other morning I saw fog up across the pasture. Moisture. And he says, hey, for three and a half years there's not going to be any rain and neither will there be any dew. Moisture. God can take it away. And it might come down to where we can't. Seriously, we cannot buy a bottle of water. Well, our hope must be in God instead of the government, y'all. Let me tell you something. The government has never saved one soul. Not one soul. It's the Christians who are reaching out. Of all people, we as Christians have a biblical grounding 
for what the Declaration of Independence stands for. And that is that all men are created equal and are granted by the Creator certain rights. And those rights, first of all, is life. We have a right to life. And people, women who are carrying babies have a right to give that child a right to live. We have a right to live. It's also not only a, a life, but liberty. And freedom for all. That's what it was designed for. Happiness. For a person to go out and work honestly. To have something in this life. Not to go out and, and not work and just steal and, and do what you want to do. God's not going to play much longer with us, I can tell you. And I think about all this, I think about this. So how should we as voters... Proceed in an election season in which neither major presidential candidate would be considered a moral example. How, how, how do we proceed? As Brother Rusty said, and pray. We, and I say, we got to vote. And I, hey, vote your conviction. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I want you to vote, folks. It's, it's important that you vote. The most five most scariest words in the Bible is found in the book of Romans where the Bible says, and God gave them over. That means they were so wicked. They wanted to go their way so bad that he said, okay, if that's what you want to do, you go ahead and the Bible says, and God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Not having sense enough to know the left hand from their right. It said women with women, men with men, lusting after one another. Well, if that's the way they want to do it, go ahead. There is a place in hell for those people. And God's not going to play when it comes down to that time. And God gave them over. I believe God sometimes lets people such as us Reap the consequences of our choices. Reap the consequences of our choices. In our nation, we often get the leader we deserve. And I, I'm, I wonder about the, the, uh, the past election. You know, I, I just can't help but believe it was crooked. And I can't help but believe if, if people don't keep their eyes open and, and their mind where it's supposed to be, this one too could be crooked. Not counted right. It may very well be that these presidential candidates, one of them is going to be our president. And it could be judgment on our nation. Could be. What are we going to do? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep talking, preaching, praying, loving, visiting. No matter who goes in, is not going to stop me from doing that. Now listen, I find it hard to vote for anyone who it seems cannot tell the truth. How do you trust somebody who lies? I mean, I tell you I'm going to do something, and I say, now you can bank on me, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do, and then don't do it. You know, I've never, ever promoted pledging, okay? Some pastors promote pledging. 
Well, I want you to pledge how much you're going to give this year. Hey, you let me give my tithe and my offering and you stick to the preaching. Hello? If we're Christians, we're going to give what, we, what we're supposed to give according, the Bible says, how we have prospered. How we have prospered. And God wants our church to prosper. He wants us to move forward. He wants us to witness and see people saved and, and baptized and become a, an active, productive member of this church. So if we think about that thing, where do we as a church stand? What are we going to do, uh, 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 you know, by our government? We're going to stand by it or we're going to stand against it? The Bible teaches it. We need to stand by it. Render under Caesar that which is Caesar, and under God that which is God's. I don't like the way it's spent a lot of times. <laughs> I recently got a letter from Social Security again. They're they after me. I mean, they are after me. They said, we've gone back into the year 15, and we've discovered that uh, the figures aren't right. And so the month of uh, October, we're going to send you $108. And then we'll pick up in November, we'll give you said amount, then over in December, we'll pick back up and, and we'll do it this way. Lynn said, what are they doing? I said, they're doing what they want to do. Yeah, you can't fight them. The best thing to do is just pay and receive what you can and move on with it. You see, I, <laughs> how did we get to arrive at such a place that we are? You know, I, I don't understand. I don't know how we've got to, to, the, to the point to where the the walls of protection have been torn down. It's like the walls in Jerusalem that have been torn down and burned, the gates burned, and Nehemiah got so upset, he said, that's my people. I'm going home, and I'm going to rebuild those walls. Folks, we've got to rebuild the Christian walls. We can't keep just dilly-dallying around and say, well, just let it go. You can't change it anyway. Um... We need to have a good, pure, clear conscience because the government is, is going to beat us down all they can. One answer um, is that the government has pushed us down to the point that sometimes we are at the point where we say, I don't care. They don't do what they want to. I don't care. Well, I'm going to pay my taxes. I'm going to be the best citizen that I possibly can be. Um, but as a church... Um, you know, mostly we we sorry to say we. I didn't say y'all. I said we have sat idly by and not done anything. You know, I think so many times the uh, uh, the city council up here, county council. How come you can't show up? Don't tell me I can't show up for the meeting. Would they come up with a county council for anyhow? It ought to be open. And I ought to be able to speak my mind if I go. Well, well, you know, we'll sit idly by sometime and do nothing. But I do encourage you to vote on Tuesday. And regardless of who becomes our president, as a church, let me tell you something. We had better be about the Father's business. We had better be praying and vote our Christian conscience. Cassie, did I have Psalm 33? Did I give you Psalm 33? 
Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen of the naught. He maketh the devices of the people of acting effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation. Listen, y'all. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. That's us. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. In Ephesians 6, 10, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I say, may God have mercy on America. May God have mercy on those who are working to put the gas back. May God have mercy on us and send rain. There's an old song, His Eyes on a Sparrow. In that song it says, and I know he watches me. He watched me when I went to the poll to vote. He watched me. I'm happy I'm satisfied with my vote. Now my job, my duty is to pray that God's holy will will be done. And it needs to start in me. It needs to start in you. You need to make a change. Hey, make it this morning. Do it this morning. Don't say, well, I'm going to wait and see who goes in office. Those people going in office, whoever it is, are not going to keep you out of hell if you're lost. I beg you, I plead with you, if, you, if you're lost today, you need to be saved. I beg you to come. Ask somebody to come with you. I'll meet you right here. It is an urgent hour. The Lord Jesus may come before the election on Tuesday. Are you ready to go? What are you going to do with Jesus? What kind of man is this? He's a man that loves you. He's a man that died on the cross for you. He's a man that's coming back to get to church. I beg you, obey the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you touch our hearts afresh and anew. Lord, get us, uh, get us in an attitude of, of prayer. Get us in an attitude of caring and that we might look out for one another, that we might pray for one another, that we might visit the lost, we might encourage the lost to be saved before it's everlasting too late. God, I thank you, I love you, and I praise you for the opportunity to stand here in this place today. And Father, I thank you for all the souls that are in this room, but especially the soul that's lost this morning, God, I, want, I bring them to you right now. Give them the courage to step out and say yes to Jesus. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all you do for us now. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Mark.